0: Okay, let's pray after that. Lord, we thank you that we can come together, and Holy Spirit, we do invite you just to have your way in this place, Lord, and just to touch our hearts and our minds and encourage us with how good you are, Lord, and uh, strengthen our faith in you, Lord, that we might walk stronger in you, Lord, every day. I just ask that the words you've laid in my heart, that I would deliver them with clarity, Lord, and that they would reach our hearts and our minds and transform us from glory to glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you want to turn with me to Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and we're into Romans now. If you read through the New Testament. If you haven't got one of those read through the Bible plans in a year, they are still down the back and we're up to Romans, which is an awesome, awesome book. Yeah, if you've never read Romans all the way through, then jump on board because we're just in the first two chapters of Romans. So we're up to chapter 3. Can I have my drink, please, <laughs> tomorrow? And uh, we read five chapters a week. It takes you a couple of minutes today, and a day, and then you have the weekend to catch up or to reflect on what you've been reading. And it's good for us. Who, who's actually still reading through and up to date? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I love that. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's a pretty definite, definitive thing to say. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Man, that's something just to get excited about, just those couple of verses in Romans. You could just preach for you know, a year on that. I am not ashamed. And that's what Paul said, and he said it because the world desperately needs to hear. And so he was like, "I'm not ashamed to declare this because this is your ways for salvation. This is what you need to hear, and uh, we need to get right with God, and the world needs to know it. that the world needs to be restored to God um, because they're outside of in a relationship with him and if you read the rest of romans in that chapter it talks about the unrighteousness of uh people of people that are far away from god it talks about that they uh into homosexuality they sleep with one another that they have have know about god and yet they deny um his power and they don't want to know him and that it led led them off into many things that they should have been doing and actually lists them and it's like reading the newspaper really Yeah, Because it just shows what the world can go towards when we kind of... Do you want me to change microphones? You good? Okay. (laughs) It shows what can happen when we are outside of a relationship with God. And and so it's like Paul was saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel because you guys need to hear it. I'm not ashamed to declare that it is the only way to be right with God is the gospel, that Jesus died for you, that you need to come to him, that he was crucified and then he rose again and that you can be restored to relationship with God. And without that, you're under wrath. You're not under, under grace. And, he, and, and Romans talks a lot about, about that. As you read through Romans, you'll see that. And uh, in a world where unrighteousness is everywhere... You just have to turn on the TV. Philip and I tried to watch a movie last night and we gave up. We got halfway through one, not even halfway through, and we're like, have to turn this off. It's like there's so much stuff in our world that kind of blasts it. You just have to read the newspaper or walk down the street or listen to a conversation on the bus or the train, you know, and you've got it on the video and you've got it on DVD and the music and on, on, the, on the internet and everything. is just blasting us, unrighteousness all the time. Yeah, and I... The Bible talks about stuff that is happening in our world right now. The push for homosexuality to be okay. The push for same-sex marriages to be okay. That if we come into the country, if you've got married, two men have got married in another country that is legal, that we should be able to stamp it, that they can bring that into Australia. All those things, and you'll find it in Romans chapter 1. There's nothing new. And yet Paul stands up in the face of that and says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of god because is a way of salvation and tonight i want to encourage us that we do not have to be ashamed of our gospel in face of being intimidated in face of being if we're politically or socially correct we can stand on the word of god and say hey no i don't have to be ashamed of what i believe you know jesus he was not always socially and politically correct in his day he pushed buttons all the time the early church, they were not socially and politically correct. They said, oh, we are not ashamed of what we believe. We are not ashamed of making a stand for righteousness. We are not ashamed of saying, this is what my standard is. And this is the line I draw. And you know what? That you have to do that, and that's what the Bible teaches, because otherwise the line gets blurry. That it's not okay to do some things, because it's outside of what God says is good for us. He's not trying to spoil everybody's fun he's not trying to you know be the party pooper but he says there are some things that are good for you some things that are going to edify you and there's some things that are outside of that but it says that you know you're given over to the lusts of our heart and our flesh and it leads us into unrighteousness and and so it denies all the power that god has for us for living he says he gives us all things to enjoy but it's in this you know his creation and what he says is good for us he made us he knows what's good for us keep on reading romans 1 you'll see that and i don't want to really get into that tonight but i just thought it's really interesting that way back when romans was written it's still addressing the same things we face today and yet paul said i'm not ashamed of what i preach i'm not ashamed of the word of god and it encourages us that we don't have to be ashamed either you know the great men and women of god that have gone before us they were not ashamed of the gospel. They're not ashamed to push boundaries and push buttons and you know, just stand for what they believed. And where godliness is scoffed at, you know, we can stand up. We don't have to you know, we, we can mix but we don't have to fit in. We can love, but we can set a standard. And that's what that's what Paul was saying. I'm not ashamed. I don't have to be ashamed. For a lot of feedback. Move it up. Here we go that's why <laughs> and it says you don't need to be intimidated you think about what it means to not be asha- not to be ashamed it means we don't have to be intimidated you know the Bible says we do not have a, a spirit of timidity that we have we're strong so we don't have to be timid we don't have to be intimidated into inaction, and uh, we have the power of God flow, flowing in us to preach the good news and to proclaim freedom to the captives and set those who are bound up free we don't have to be intimidated and that i get excited just reading that one line for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god to salvation for everyone who believes so we don't have to be ashamed and we don't have to be intimidated and we can step forward and we can declare it and when we declare it with boldness something happens and if you read the rest of that passage it says for in it is the righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith it is written, the just shall live by faith. And that's what I really want to talk about tonight is the just shall live by faith. But to know that when we step out in our faith, that we don't have to be ashamed. Can I just have the hand, All Alrighty, there we go. That's better. So the just shall live by faith. That's in verse 17. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. What is it to live by faith and what is it to be just? Well, to be just is to be justified. It's one of those big, you know, Bible words. So it means to be as though we had never sinned. It, has been, it means to be cleansed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet and inside out as well. It's to be that we are just and righteous before God. And that's what it means to be just, to be justified. And it says that we have been given a clean slate. Now, it's a bit similar to what Ken was talking about tonight during communion, is we've been given a clean slate, but we are not a sinner anymore, that we are the righteous and holy chosen people of God. So the just shall live by faith, and that all unrighteousness, when we come and confess it and give it to him, has been cleansed from us. Not just some unrighteousness, but all unrighteousness. Now, that's something just to get happy about, just that. That we have been cleansed, that we are set free, and we have the power of God that has done that for us. You know, the power of God is not some little power. It's like a dyno, dynamo power. And we have been cleansed by the power of God and what happened on the cross. And it says, "The just shall live by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? Well, faith is a trust in God and who He is and what He says. That's what faith is. It's to trust in God and who He is and what He says. That's what faith is, you know, because sometimes we get, what is faith? And, oh, yes, I've got to have more faith and all these things. And faith is one of those huge, gigantic topics in our Christian walk. And as, what is faith? Faith is to trust in God and who he is and what he says and what he says about us. That's what faith is. And I wanted to, um, t- I was, had all these scriptures just flowing through my mind this weekend. Uh, and they all just came together into a sermon. So it's pretty good how the Holy Spirit does that. But I wanted to just talk about that Romans 2 verse 4 says... And I want to turn, there, turn with me there if you've got your Bibles or technology bits. Romans 2 verse 4 says... ...that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. It says, "...or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering... ...not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance?" And I want to talk about tonight that the foundation of our faith, what it needs to be laid upon. And the foundation of our faith, one thing I want to talk about tonight is it is God's goodness. If we can get that we lay all our trust and belief on who God is and what he says on his goodness, it's going to revolutionise how you walk with God. If we base our faith on who his, what his goodness is, it changes what we will believe. Because if inherently we know at the foundation of our faith in Christ that he is good, we're going to trust him more. We're going to believe him more. And we're going to expect him to do more things in our life and for us. If our foundation of our faith is the goodness of God that led us to repentance, it's a strong foundation to build on. And and that's what Psalm 27 says, "'What would have become of me had I not believed "'that I would see the Lord's goodness and the land of the living?' that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. God's goodness is a theme that runs from Genesis right through to Revelation. And it's talked about so much, and it's for a reason, because God wants us to know that he is good. Remember one thing, the devil is bad and evil, and God is good. And if we base what we believe on that one truth, you're going to go a long way. And I tell you what, you'll kick back the devil and your faith will be unshakable because you believe that he is good above all things, above all circumstances, above everything that comes our way, above anything that the devil may throw at us. We believe that God is good. It's a strong foundation for our faith and we can fall back on it every time. Something comes away, something happens, the body, something happens in our body. We go back, what do we believe? God is good and his goodness flows to me. And he says, the Lord's goodness. I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Isn't that interesting? It says in the land of the living. Because you know, you can hear people go, oh, when we get to glory, when we get to heaven, then we'll see it. Then we'll have all the things that we've been, you know, that our hearts desires. Then it'll be all lovely. And we'll have banquet table laid before us and it'll be peaches and cream. And you know what? And it says there that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Amen. Interesting, isn't it? Because you hear that, and oh, it's all very religious speak, that it's you know, for glory and we won't get to heaven, but the Lord's plan is that we would see his goodness now. It says his kindness and his goodness leads us to repentance. Yeah, So we can lay a foundation of our faith on his goodness and the simple truth that God is good. The more we know God's goodness, the more we trust him. The more we trust him, the easier it is For us to put our lives into his hands. And only by placing our lives in his hands can we open the way for him to save us, to bless us, and then to work through us. When you trust and know that God is good, it opens your heart up. It opens your mind up. It opens your emotions and your spirit up. And you do know what? You just say, God is good. (sighs) I can relax. God is good. He is for me. Who can be against me? God is good. Get out of bed on Monday morning, put your feet on the ground. God is good and I will see his goodness today. You know, often our expectation is not that, our expectation in our heart, because you know what we believe in our heart and we say with our mouth, that is us using faith. What we believe in our heart and what we say with our mouth, you know, we have what we say, the Bible says. It's what we believe in our heart and what we say and we need to be saying that God is good. And our expectation that we put out our faith for good things to come to us. Because when we believe in our heart and say with our mouth, things that are not God is good, you're going to draw them to you. That's how faith works. We can have faith for stuff that isn't great. And it's going to be drawn to us because we have what we say. Or we can believe in our heart and say with our mouth, God is good and I'm drawing all that good to me. God is good and he is for me. God is good and he blesses me. God is good and I am above and not belief. Do you see what I mean? God is good and if our foundation of what we believe and what we say is that it's going to change our life. It's going to change how we live out of Christianity. It is not for just when we get to glory with Jesus that he wants us to see his goodness. It's here right now that heaven would be experienced on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord's Prayer, that's what it is. And it's based on God is good. Amen. I'm getting excited. When we understand God's goodness, we find it easier to trust in Him and open up our hearts. And God just wants us to be these big mushy sponges that just receive from Him. So often we don't live in what He wants us to live in and live in the joy and the peace and the blessing because we find it difficult to receive because we're afraid we're going to get left let down. You see how if we have a base of, of our faith, and God is good, our hearts will be more open so we can receive. Because inside of all of us is this thing, we just don't want to give over too much. If we give over everything, if we surrender everything, maybe, maybe we'll get hurt. Maybe we'll get disappointed. Maybe we'll get let down. But if our basis is, you know what? God is good. And his goodness is towards us. You see how important it is to know that God is good? And to get that and ground in the deep, deep spiritual place in our hearts where we base everything on is God is good. Because when we open up our hearts and we're able to receive, and often we can't receive because we've got this holding back, holding back, just put up a little bit of wall and protect ourselves because otherwise we might just be, you know, Yeah. But God is good and he wants us to know that and to lay the foundation of our faith in that truth. The world needs to also experience God's goodness. If we can get it that God is good and we live in that goodness, we're going to be able to share it with others. You know, a lot of the unrighteousness that you read in Romans 1, the lot of unrighteousness and sin and the stuff of the world that you read in the newspapers and hear around you and see around you is because people don't know that God is good. They don't understand the goodness and kindness of God. They may not have ever experienced kindness never ever have experienced somebody being kind to them or to experience goodness and they don't understand God's goodness because they haven't had it displayed to them through somebody else and that's why we need to understand it so much because we are Jesus' hands and feet we're his mouthpieces to show God's goodness you know Jesus when he walked on earth he says I do the will of my father and he and he was to demonstrate the love of the father when he saw somebody sick or wounded or broken what did he do he healed them. When he saw the outcasts, what did he do? He would bring them and gather them to him. When he saw the little children, everybody saying, push them away. What did he do? He said, bring them to me. Because he was showing the goodness of God. He was showing the Father's heart. And this is what he wants us to do. Because there is a broken world out there that doesn't know that God is good. I have never, ever, some of them seen kindness extended to them. It's mind-boggling. You just have to listen up. Go and talk to Jude and Linton about what happens in foster caring and on the kids that come in. You know, listen to the kids at uni or the, you know, the uh, people on the train with you. So watch their faces. It doesn't take two minutes to figure out that the world doesn't often receive kindness. It's all about me. It's all about what I can get. That's what society says. You rise to the top and if anybody comes up, you slash them you know, have a tall poppy syndrome that we have in Australia, if anybody rides that, we'll bring them down a peg. And it's like we don't live in that kindness. And so when you come along and you're kind, it blows people away. They go, why would you do that? Why would they do that for me? And that's what the world needs to see. And that's why God wants us to get it and base who we are and what we believe on God is good. Because when we get it, it just flows out of us. God's goodness just starts to ooze out of you. And you know that because you live it every day, but God wants us to know it more so that it can overflow. Yeah? It's out of the, out of the heart our mouth speaks. So when we know that God is good, our mouth is going to speak it. When we come to a challenge, instead of going, oh, no, rotten, blah, blah, blah. No, we're going to know that God is good in every situation, that we're an overcomer, that who can be against If there's God who is good is for us, it's going to flow out of us and it's going to be goodness flowing out of us instead of all this other stuff. If we realise that God is good and we base who we are on what we believe in that. When we see in the word that it is the Father's good pleasure to give, then the kingdom, Luke chapter 12 says that, it is the Father's good pleasure to give to us. No thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from the, them that walk uprightly. No good thing. Just think about that for a minute. It is the Father's pleasure to give us the kingdom and no good thing will he withhold from you. That's something to get excited about now. No good thing will he withhold from you. If you can grab hold of that and extend your faith to that, Lord, I thank you that no good thing will you withhold from me. You don't have to go, oh, well. Now that's for them over there. Oh, well, I haven't got enough faith for that. Yes, you do, because no good thing will he withhold from you. It is his good pleasure to give to you. It says that he delights in the prosperity of his people. Prosper means that everything is well with you. If you can get inside of us, that no good thing does he want to withhold, that he gives us all things for our enjoyment. He's a cool God. He's it's awesome when you start to think about the goodness of God and just reflect on it. You know, you'll get happy on Monday morning just thinking about that. You'll go down to sleep on Monday night just thinking about the goodness of God and you'll have a smile on your face because it starts to transform how you feel on the inside. You know, the enemy comes and starts to whisper in your mind, blah, 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 blah. You're this, you're that. This is going to happen. What about if this happens? You know what? God is good. No good thing with he withhold from me. It is his pleasure to He delights and blessing me. He delights in the prosperity of his people. Think about that for a minute. He, God Almighty, creator of the universe, gets a buzz, gets a kick, delights in blessing you. Amen? Something to get happy about. God loves to do good, to reveal his goodness to us. The Bible says he delights in it and that he means he loves to bless us. He actually loves to do it. But if you don't expect and have faith to see God's goodness revealed and you're expecting having faith in the opposite. So we want to be able to put out and extend our faith to expect God for good good things. And until we settle the fact that God is good and we can trust him with our lives, our faith will never be as God intended. Think about that. Our faith will never be as strong and as mountain-moving Is world-changing, God kind of faith because God wants us to have the faith that he has. You think about how Jesus walked and he just did the will of the Father and he just had God kind of faith and that's what God wants us to have is his type of faith. Not this world wishy-washy faith but God kind of faith and he says that if you have that faith that it's going to just flow out of you and it's going to change the world but until we settle that that we have that, that's what God wants for us, we're always going to draw back in fear. We'll always be thinking, what if it doesn't come about? What if it's not listen? What if God's not listening to me? What if he doesn't notice me? What if he asks me to do something that will harm me in some way? Now, who would put those thoughts in our mind? The stinky devil who comes to kill and to rob and destroy. And what did Jesus say in John ten ten? He says, "I have come to give you fullness, overbu- uh, overflowing, abundant, full-on, awesome, spectacular, splendiferous life." Just amplified Dale version. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. Jesus said in John chapter 10, 10, 10, I love that scripture. The devil comes to kill and to rob and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Why? Because he is good. Amen. And if we can get that in our hearts, we're not going to step back. And we're not going to step back because God says, you go and talk to that person. You go and pray for that person. You're going to give to that person. That's okay because God is good and he's going to look after me. God is good and he's not going to let me do anything that would harm me. He says, go over here and do this. And we go, okay, I can do that because God is good and he's looking out for me. It changes your whole perspective because in, in the internal core of your faith is that God is good. And he loves us. And why would he be trying to do something to harm us? Because he can't, because he is good. Yeah. You see, if we can get it in the basis of our faith, it changes us and it changes our perspective. And it opens it up. The Hebrew word shalom that is used so fre- frequently in the Bible. In a Hebrew word it is. And it says, it means to bless. When God says it, it's to bless his people. It means to have wholeness in your life. And I've been listening to this CD by Gloria Copeland. She's, I'm up and down, up and down the hill to school. But shalom actually means that we have wholeness in our life, our spirit, soul and body. It means that nothing is broken and nothing is missing. Nothing is broken and nothing is missing. When you hear shalom, it's peace, peace. And God blesses us with peace. You read through the Psalms and it's there all the time. It's peace. Nothing broken, nothing missing, because God is good and he wants to give us his goodness. And he knows that is the way it ought to be, that we have nothing broken, nothing missing. Psalm 145 verse 9 says, the Lord is good to all, because he wants us to have nothing missing and nothing broken. He wants to give us his goodness. He wants to heal us. And if we know that he is good, we get so much open in our hearts and our minds to receive that, because we know that he wants to give us everything for our our enjoyment, that he wants to give us everything we need, and he wants to give us peace, shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing in us. Nothing broken, nothing missing in our families. Nothing broken, nothing missing in our finances, in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Shalom, peace. And the Psalm 145 says, The Lord is good to all. Actually, turn to that. It's actually up on our whiteboard at home at the moment. Psalm 145, verse 9. You know, it does us good to read God's Word and it does it good to get it out and study it because then we see God's heart. If we go through the week without reading God's Word, we're going to miss... We're going to miss the promises that God has for us. We're going to miss the perspective. And, and we go through the week struggling and we wonder why. And it's because we've forgotten what God actually says about us. Psalm 145, verse 9 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. Pretty cool that. The Lord is good to who? All. Not just some people that are His favourites. Cause God doesn't have any favourites, not just those people who do stuff, you know, up the front for them, just like those people who, pot, you know, take pots of soup round to everybody, or, you know, the good, you see people, and you say, oh, well, God is just good to them, because they're good, this is, the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works, that's you, because he says, we are his workmanship, so the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over us because we're his workmanship, yeah? And he wants to give us peace, nothing broken, nothing missing. There's one guy in the Bible named David who understood the goodness of God and you know what, I think it was the key to his courage. And uh, some, if you look in 1 Samuel, you'll see uh, here in chapter 13 and uh, God actually calls him a man after his own heart, And we think, oh, you know, David, a man after God's own heart, he must have been awesome. You know, you read David's life and he messed up. He sinned. He did stuff that wasn't right. And yet constantly he came back that, God, I've messed up, but your, your kindness and your goodness leads me to repentance. He knew God was good. So he knew that even when he messed up, it wasn't an excuse, but when he failed, God, fail what what he knew was the right thing to do, that because of God's goodness and kindness, he could be led back to repentance. And it gave him courage to know that God is good. As a young shepherd tending his flock on the hills of Israel, David hung out with God. He sat there with his harp, dinking away, just singing to the Lord, and he came to know God's nature. He came to know that he was a loving God, and that he was good, and that he was kind, and he was patient. And that David knew that he would take care of him and provide for him and deliver him from David or danger. And if you read in Psalm 23, turn with me there, Psalm 23. If there's ever a psalm that talks about God's goodness, it is Psalm 23. And, you know, it gets read all over the place, but half the time it's not understood. Now, psalm 23, I'm going to read it. I know most people know it, but it's good to declare God's goodness. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Speak that at your finances this week. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He makes me die down in green pastures. That's that's lush goodness. You know, I'm a I'm a sheep farmer's daughter, so I get this. And I come from New Zealand where everything's green. So when God says he's going to make you lie down in green pastures, that's where you have everything you need. Your nice green grass is what you need if you're a sheep. <laughs> and we need to be in that place of we have everything we need. He says he makes me lie down. When you're lying down, what are you doing? Are you stressing? You're just, you know, lying back in the sunshine, just living in God's goodness that's what it means this this that's what picture David out on the hills you know not those dry hills of Israel but the lush green ones beside the waters and he's lying back just singing saying Lord you'll make me lie down in green pastures he's relaxed he's hanging out he's been a hippie yeah he leads me beside the still waters Sheep need to have still waters to drink and otherwise the, the water goes up their nose. They actually need to be in quiet waters, otherwise they drown. Yeah? So he leads me beside the still waters, means that it's quiet. And he's not going to bring you any harm, and he gives you everything you need. He restores my soul. I'm feeling battered and beaten about, that God's goodness restores us. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Shalom. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. We don't have to worry about, should I do this, should I do that? You say, Lord, I thank you that you lead me in paths of righteousness. See how good Psalm 23 is? Yeah. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod, it leads and guides me and protects me. Yeah. Yeah that we don't have to be afraid of evil. We don't have to be afraid of what the devil's trying to do because God is with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither height, nor depth, nor width, the angels, nor demons, nor anything in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God. So I will fear no evil because you lead me and you guide me and you are good. So we don't have to fear you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. That means you have everything you need in abundance. I have come to give you fullness and abundant life. And my cup runneth over. I think there's a song. My cup runneth over. <laughs> Surely, what is it? Surely what? Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the What? days of my life, not just when we get to heaven. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life on earth, and I will dwell on the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Psalm 23 is a kickback psalm. Yeah, if you're getting up in the morning and thinking, oh, I'm not feeling too good, you get that out and said, Lord, you are my shepherd. I shall have no one. I speak that out my finances. Wherever you put your bills... You just get them and you lay hands on them and say, Lord, I thank you that you are my shepherd and I will have no want. That you lead me and you guide me, and I lie down in green what? Pastures. That everything I need you have given me. That you lead me beside still waters. That my cup overth over, that it runneth over. And you lay hands on your bills. You lay hands on anything that is, you know, you speak to your life and put out your faith because what you believe in your heart that God is good and you say with your mouth, that is what you're putting your faith out for. You have what you say. And often we're going, what's wrong? You're saying, because God's saying, well, you're having what you say. You're believing in your heart and you're saying with your mouth, you're going to get it. So get back to what you've put your faith in that I am good and it'll change what you say. It'll change what you believe and you. What? You look back at next, this time next year and you'll go, look at that. Surely I will experience and know God's goodness and mercy all the days of my life. Yeah? And that's what God wants for us that nothing be broken, that nothing be missing in our life, that we have everything we need in Him. And the more we understand the truth, the more those words, the more we'll be able to trust God in every circumstance of our life. And our confidence in Him will make us bold. And you think about David a little bit later in his life when he'd been hanging out with the Lord up on the mountains, and you know, watching the sheep, and, and a lion would come and try to steal his sheep, and he would kill it because he knew that God was good, and he says, "You're looking after me." And a bear, did I get it right? <laughs> a bear was it sounds silly. A bear was coming and and <laughs> and would try and take his sheep, and he knew that, he, and so he wiped that bear out as well, and he got the lion. You're laughing at me now. <laughs> I know, it just sounds strange saying it. I can't do it. <laughs> and it. And it's that he knew because God was good and God was with him and he feared no evil that he, could, that he could protect his flock, that when he came later in his life and faced Goliath, he said, what did he say? He said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. <laughs> he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He was gutsy. He was bold. He was just a little shepherd boy. You know, just a teenage boy, but he was, he was mighty in God. All those other sho- soldiers were quaking in their boats, boots. His, his brothers were thinking, what the heck are you doing here? You're just a shepherd. What are you, being a smart aleck? You know, they did not like him. But because he knew from the truth of Psalm 23 that God is Good and that his mercy and that that he would no fear of evil would befall him, he could be bold. And that's where he got his confidence and his boldness from, knowing that God is good, that God was for him, that he did not have to be afraid because he had experienced it over here when he had had to look after his flock against the wild animals and he'd known God there and he'd stepped out in faith. When it came to a giant, He said, you looked after me here and he actually said it. The Lord delivered me out of the hand of the the poor of the lion and the bear and he will deliver me from this Philistine too. So why should I be afraid? I can be bold because I know God is good and he's done it here and and he's going to do it here too. And that's why we need to walk in faith. The just shall live by faith knowing that basis of that faith is God is good because then we've lived it here and then we step over into something bigger we go, you know what, God did it over there and he's going to do it here for me too. God looked after me here, he healed my body and he's going to do it here for me. God looked after my finances and he helped me pay that bill, we've met a need and he's going to do it here. The God healed and restored my heart and my mind and my spirit and he's going to do it here. Because he delivered me here, he will do it here because God is good and his mercy and his goodness I will experience in the land of the living. You're getting happy yet? And then... You know, we'll remember the victory over the things that we have battled and we know that God has got us this far and it'll take us forward because God has a hope and a future for us and it's not going to harm us. You know, the things in God's Word, it's just not like little phrases that we come out with that we learn in Sunday school, we learn, you know, at connect group or something, or I say or Philip says up the front, they're truth and they've got power to bring us to salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is God's salvation. Salvation means that I am delivered, that I am set free. It's a Greek word, is sozo, delivered, set free, healed, redeemed, everything we need, rescued. We have everything we need. That is why Paul could say, I'm not ashamed and the just shall live by faith and faith based in God's goodness. It's kick-butt stuff. No, you get up in the morning and you can go, God is good and I can live by faith and my faith is based in that goodness because I'm not ashamed of it, that God is good. I'm not ashamed of what he does in my life and I can stand up and declare it. David not only knew about the goodness of God, but he had seen it work in his life. And you look through the story of David and think, well, how could this guy do that? He didn't even go out with armour on. He went out with a little sling, but he had such boldness. Because he knew that God was good and had delivered him back here, and that's what God wants—that we would all be mightier than David. You know, Jesus says, "Jesus, you know, awesome. Get up and preach and be heckled, and you know, would heal the sick and raise the dead." And He says, "Greater things will you do? Why? Because He is good and His power is in us, and nothing is broken, nothing is missing in us." That's what God wants for us, that life. But our faith has to be based in that he is good and his mercy is extended to us because then we're going to be putting out expectation that goodness is going to come to us, not bad stuff. We're not, And then our hearts are open to everything that God wants to say to us because if we're frightened all the time or we're doubting all the time or we're battling all the time, we're just so under that that we're never up where we need to be, soaring on wings like eagles. That's what God wants. You know, we're clucking around down the bottom like a rooster and God wants us to be up here on wings like eagles soaring. Yeah? And so he says, if you base your faith on my goodness, it's going to make you bold. And as you walk step by step, you're going to have a win there and then you're going to have a win along here and you may get a little bit nudged about, but you just say, you know what? God is good. Get off. Body, you come into line. God is good. You get off. You have a bill. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lot Lack get off. I'm a tither, I'm a giver. Malachi says that open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing you will not be able to contain it. Why? Because God is good. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Peace to you, he says. Jesus is my peace. Nothing broken, nothing missing in us. That if we've been hurt, if we've been beaten up, if we've been disappointed, Jesus says, I am your peace. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Why? Because I am good. See how powerful God's goodness is? See how it'll change our lives? We're going to look at it back and go, look at us back there and look at us now. Because God is good. And it's, he's faithful to his children and he wants to bless us. So where will you be next year? Where will you be next year? Because if we don't start believing in that God is good and his goodness, he wants to pour it in and out of us. You know what? You'll be the same place as you are right now. And we have to sometimes ask ourselves that. What am I believing for? What am I actually thinking? You know, it's all right to be in church. Yes, amen, sister. But when we lie down after a hard day, what is it that we say? Because what we say is what we believe. Out of a heart, our mouth speaks. But when we're under pressure, what is it is we say? And when we're in those pressure times, I want us to be people that go, you know what, hang on a minute. Regardless of that, I choose to believe that God is good. And you start to speak that and you start to believe that, you know, I get the vacuum cleaner out when I'm muttering away and, and I'm, I just need to be quiet and the vacuum cleaner is loud so I can't, you know, be spewing out all this rubbish. So I get the vacuum cleaner out and, I, and then I start to sing Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. I have this vacuuming song. <laughs> but it's, he's my... Mum's bah- <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> you know, because... That's an area where the enemy has tried to have a go at me. I come from a, a background where my dad went bankrupt twice and I lost everything. <laughs> You're going to get happy now. <laughs> you know what? And so when that's the thing, that an enemy comes and goes, no, 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 how are you going to do this? How are you going to pay this? How are Blah, 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 blah. You've got six kids, blah, 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 blah. So I go, hang on a minute, God is good. and I chew, And I've actually been catching myself how many times I say in a day, I'm worried. I'm worried about this. You know what? It stinks. The amount of times I say I'm worried. So I've been catching myself going, I'm worried about... No, I'm not worried. You know what? And Philip and I have been watching and listening to ourselves when we pray. We go, Lord, just do this. Why would he just do anything? God doesn't just do anything. He always does it overflowing. Don't just say, Lord, just... You know, bless this person. Say, Lord, bless this person. Not just a little bit, not just that, but overflowing. See the words that we say? we're ridiculous. It's true. <laughs> and you know, I'm worried about this. No, you're not worried about this because God is good. There is no worry day. Monday is not a worry day. Why this Tuesday? It is God is good day. God is good day. Yeah. If you catch you saying, "Lord, I'm just worried about this. And you go and talk to somebody in the family. Oh, I'm just, wor-. no, I'm not worried. We don't have to be worried because God is our shepherd. We have no lack. He is good, that he leads us beside green pastures. We can just hang out, yeah, lie down in the green pastures and have everything we need. And that's what God wants to give us. That's what the gospel is all about. That is what our salvation is. Because if we don't live like that, you know, he can give it to us. Here it is. It's our choice where we receive it. As Philip said last week, he's given us the ticket pick it up. Pick it up. Our salvation is like that. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. He's given us everything we need. He's given us peace. He's given us joy. He's given us strength. He's given us everything we need to pay our bills. We just have to have faith. Have faith that God is good. Pick up what he's given us. Otherwise, we're a bit silly. We're going to look back when we get to heaven and go, what are we worried about? We're so silly. We'll slap ourselves around a little bit and we'll look at each other and go, Tasha, what are we worried about? Duh. Yeah, because God is good. Read your Bible and see where God is good. Google goodness. <laughs> Can we Google? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've been talking about Google taking over the world. <laughs> you know, but, but Jesus, you know, you read all the accounts of God's goodness being displayed. It'll get you happy because that is God showing his heart to us. That is what our salvation is about, that God is inherently good and if we feel very back at the foundation of our faith. And sometimes we've got to rebuild. Sometimes we have to rebuild. Now, about eight or nine years ago, we took a hit and I took a hit and I got broken and my heart and my spirit, I was broken. And I was tired, i have been slogging out in the ministry for years and years and I believed the things the enemy was saying and I believe what other people said and I believe what the world said. And I, and I put down, sat down and went, I can't do this anymore. And it took about 18 months for me to realise that God is good and for him to heal me and to give me peace again. So I know that you've got to go back sometimes and lay the basis of your foundation and of your faith again, where it might have taken a hit, or maybe you didn't have that in place. You might had other great things that you believed about God, but you didn't have that, that God is good. Go back and lay that foundation. Make sure it's in there that God is Good because then no matter what happens, you can come back, and it's something we can stand on. And when we've done everything else, you can stand on that. That God is good. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a living word, that it is a rhema word to us, that it just engages our hearts and our spirits. Lord, we thank you that you are so good, that your mercy and your tenderness tenderness extends to all your creation extends to all that you give us everything we need that you are our sufficiency lord and lord i pray for us tonight that we would just really get this word that you've laid upon our hearts that you are good that you are the base that is a basis for everything we would believe that you are good and that you love us And Lord, let us get it so we're able to share it with those around us, that they would be able to see your kindness and your goodness because your word says that it leads us to repentance. And those that we're praying for and reaching out to, that we would show your goodness and your mercy towards them so that they might experience that, that it would lead them to repentance. There is power in that. Lord, I pray for every need in this place tonight that it would be met according to your word, where there is sickness that you would bring your healing hand right now Where there is heaviness, that you would lift it and replace it with your oil of joy, Lord. That you anoint us with oil and our cup overflows. Where there is lack, Lord, you say there is no lack in you. And Lord, I speak your peace. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Wholeness in you. We rest in you, Lord. We lie down in green pastures and we let you restore us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God is good. Let's have some soup together and just share God's goodness this week. Amen.